Welcome to the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Schmitz, joined by my co-host, Mike Schmitz. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am also doing quite well. Excellent. Today, we're going to talk about our life as a greenhouse. Yep. What's the inspiration for this? Well, my pastor shared a message recently on greenhouses, and it really inspired me in looking at our life in a little different way regarding our environment and how it relates to a greenhouse. So with a greenhouse, it's also known as a glass house. They're designed to protect tender, out-of-season plants against excessive cold and heat. And they used to be known as greenhouses back more towards the 17th century because they were more like brick and timber type shelters. But as time went on, they became more fully glass and so therefore be called glass houses. So it's not just a house that's green. No. <laughs> <laughs> what is the purpose of this greenhouse? I know you gave us the official definition, but... Our life is a greenhouse. Yeah. What's what? Why would you build a greenhouse? Well, we would build a greenhouse if we have something that we want to nurture and grow and keep the harsh elements out and have a perfect working environment on the inside. So there's... Like the Wisconsin winter, you want to keep that out? That's what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. So if we could build all of our community in a greenhouse and keep out, <laughs> I don't know, the polar vortex, that would be really great. Or basically, if you just want to keep plants alive during the winter, you need a greenhouse. <laughs> yeah. They're not staying outside being covered by snow. Right, right. So basically, a greenhouse is, it offers perfect conditions for growth. Right. Because everything you need is on the inside. Everything you don't want is on the outside. Right. And that's kind of interesting because let's just unpack this a little bit. The whole idea of like plant-based growth, because uh, the whole idea of like sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest, like that's a principle we really believe in. We've talked a lot about that on the show. But in the Midwest, for example, there's a lot of farmers and farmers will work all summer really hard because in the fall, they know that they are going to get a harvest. Uh, But that is outdoors, you got your crops, and sometimes there's stuff that attacks your crops or unfavorable elements. Like this summer, there was a big stretch where it just didn't rain for a really long time. And I know that that can have adverse effects. So a greenhouse basically mitigates all that stuff. You have a controlled environment where it's kind of optimized to produce the desired result. Yes. And thinking about that, we really do have a lot of control to design our lives in a way to be like a greenhouse where we can fill it with the right things to be producing the type of fruit, the type of plant, the type of harvest that we want to see. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect because stuff can get in and sometimes we need to make adjustments, uh, change the type of fertilizer we're using, yep. all that kind of stuff. But there are a few elements that are regular, constant to greenhouses, to plant growth. And there's actually some correlations to how we can apply that to our lives. So in order to have the perfect conditions for growth, first would be sunlight. That is incredibly crucial. And we liken that to staying positive and our attitude. Mm-hmm. This is really where the whole idea of intentionality comes in because the default is not going to be positive. The default is going to be 
looking at yourself and what you're going through and all these things that are happening to me are completely unfair and that's going to produce a negative attitude. Uh, that's why we've talked about our gratitude habit with our... Yep, I thought of that too. Yeah, our weekly family meetings. Uh, I've incorporated that with the discipleship group at my church. And I think that that's like the number one thing you can do to change the course and start moving in the right direction is to pay attention to your attitude. Now, interestingly, we not too long ago watched the documentary, The Social Dilemma. Yes. And it was pretty eye-opening about social media and big technology. Uh, And this is not, they're not necessarily evil, but their whole goal is to make money, right? And somebody even said in that documentary that uh, you want to work for Google? Well, you already are. (laughs) (laughs) Because the data that you're generating is the thing that's valuable for them. You are essentially plugged into the matrix. And uh, their goal is to get you to continue using the product as long as possible. Right, and where are the products being sold because it's our data. Exactly, which again is not not trying to paint this super bleak picture here, but recognize that they don't really care if if you are negative or positive. And so the thing that they've kind of figured out, the algorithm, the way it's it's designed, again, is optimized for engagement, keeping you plugged into it. But there's all sorts of research studies that show like the longer you spend on social media, the longer you spend staring at your screens, the more negative you feel. Same thing with like the news. Uh, I just went through the book Brainwash for Bookworm and they talked about news specifically in there and how only 15 minutes a day is enough to produce a dramatic negative effect in your attitude throughout the day. (laughs) So talking about a greenhouse, you know, and, and keeping out the negative stuff. I mean, an example of this in terms of the attitude, uh, and this is a small adjustment that I've tried to make, still am in the process of making, is just not paying attention to the news. Because no matter where you land on the spectrum and you can align with one side or the other and find a news source that's more supportive of your specific viewpoint, but it's still going to be tailored to optimize the algorithm and it's just going to reinforce the biases and the perspective that you already have. Uh, the end result, no matter what you are feeding on news-wise, is going to be negative. So just don't even bother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, feeding on that kind of stuff is, it's kind of like you have a, some breakdown in your greenhouse somewhere and these pollutants are getting in yep. because that's not the ideal environment and it really does dramatically affect even if it's something that seems harmless like an instagram for example you could still find yourself getting in this rut of negativity and comparison even if it's all positive stuff you could say well i only follow the people i want to follow and the only people that follow me are like friends and stuff or family but even so like what benefit really truly is that are you really connecting and staying connected to, with the people you love. That's usually the argument. Yeah. Well, I want to share this stuff so my family that we don't see often can keep updated on the kids or whatever. Or mm-hmm. I want to just see what's going on. That sounds really innocent. But if anyone has truly found themselves spending more than five minutes in a certain, <laughs> you know, Instagram, yeah. let's just use that. You will, if you really, really admit it and look at it for what it is, it's really not adding <laughs> much of anything yeah so instagram is gonna cause you to 
eventually look at how great everybody else's life and think that your life is pretty terrible in comparison. Well, because you don't post... I mean, how many people post negative stuff? People share the highlights yes. there. But if they are posting the negative stuff, obviously, then that's that's moving you <laughs> towards that extreme even quicker. Uh, the other thing with Facebook specifically that people always say is like, oh, I got to be on there for business or it's the only way that I can stay in touch with my family or I want to be a positive influence. You're not influencing anybody on Facebook. <laughs> and if you were to have a conversation with the people who are close to you and you were to say, you know what? Facebook has a negative impact on my emotional well-being, so I'm going to disconnect here. If you want to get in touch with me, you can do it these other ways, like text messages, for example. The people who are worth keeping in your life are going to uh, be okay with that. The yeah. ones who are like, no, I'm only going to use Facebook. Uh, this is grossly generalizing, but I'm going to say you probably don't want to stay connected to those people anyways. Yeah. No, I've made it a point for a long time to tell people, like, if you send me something on Facebook or any social media, really don't expect me to get it because I'm really not on there much at all. Yep. And I've cut it out completely for periods of time too. And I have nothing but positive things to say about that. <laughs> yep. Which, I mean, we're talking a lot about social media right now, but in the context of the greenhouse, you think about like the glass keeping out the natural elements. Yeah keeping out the negative impacts of the weather outside so mm -hmm. that you can grow something worthwhile inside. Yeah. That's probably the number one place where there's a hole and people don't realize it. Yeah. And stuff can no, get in. No, it's true. And it's it's so powerful because especially with um, where we find ourselves right now with a lot of things being done online, like there's a lot, not much in person going on at all, even with schools, that that much more our screens in front of us, that mm -hmm. much more is this a problem? Which again, the technology isn't evil. No, you it's can, how we use it. You can use it intentionally to connect with people in meaningful ways. We just don't by default. <laughs> right. We're naturally more, neg most people are naturally more negative and naturally just look for the easy button. Well, connecting quote unquote air quotes right now <laughs> yep. online is not even the same remotely as face-to-face. -face. Well, oh, we can't do face-to-face. -face. Well, a phone call, yep. a FaceTime, FaceTime call, yep. you know. We played Yahtzee via FaceTime with a <laughs> yeah. friend not too long ago. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of different ways to stay connected that are much more meaningful and that aren't going to take from you. Yep. The next part of a greenhouse that's very important is having the right nutrients. And we liken that to discipline. Something, what you're putting in you would be nutrients, right? Yeah, as we were talking about this and I suggested discipline for this one, really the idea that came to mind was like eating your vegetables. Yep. Stuff that's good for you that maybe you don't feel if like you want doing. the potato chips, but you know you should really eat your carrots. Exactly, <laughs> yep. Yeah, and not just that, but also how you use your body. So what you're putting in as far as good food, but then also what you're doing with your body. So just to speak on this a little bit, um, Recently, we've made a few changes to our diet. Again, yeah. another thing that really inspired this greenhouse episode was actually my husband going through the brainwash book recently. No, <laughs> brain space wash. Okay. If yes, you look at the book, yes. it's not like brainwash, like we're going to manipulate you and change your mind. Correct. In that sort of a sense, it's all about just how you can um, optimize your brain for health and making adjustments. And one of the adjustments we made recently was that uh, Mike went on having a really healthy salad once a day. 
which was kind of a big change for you, That's right? That's a big deal for me. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Meat and Potatoes. <laughs> to back up just a moment for the to discuss the book, it's written by a couple of doctors, a, a father and son, and they talk about the brain and the way it's designed to work and the chemicals that are released and kind of the positive and negative effects of modern day society and culture on how our brains function. And it's broken down into different sections. They have a whole process at the end called the 10-day brainwash, which I actually went through that piece of it. And there were some things that I was doing already. There were other things that I started doing, like trying to eat salad once a day. Now, I don't follow that to the letter that they recommended because I also practice intermittent fasting. So my first meal every day is usually about 11. Uh, And in the book, they talk about having one plant-based meal every single day. I don't think that'll work for me because I only get two meals a day <laughs> and I like my meat. <laughs> so, And you work out every day, so it is I important do. for you to get enough protein and calories. Yeah. So you can figure out for yourself what the right thing is here, but the important thing and the big thing from going through that for me was like, what's one small thing you can do to move the needle in the right direction and get a little bit healthier have a little bit more discipline, get a little bit more nutrients in your greenhouse. Yes. I notoriously have gone back and forth with my own, I guess you could say, health journey or my diet, I guess you could say, because I get so focused on making sure everyone's fed that a lot of times my breakfast and lunch are just whatever I can grab. And I know other moms out there can relate to that completely. But when I sit down and I make myself a meal as well and make myself sit down, it makes such a huge difference. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Exercise fits in here too. Yes. Which, again, figure out for yourself where the right balance is there for you. I am kind of figuring this out again because ever since March, I've been getting outside running or biking like every single day, but it's getting not so nice out. Yeah, biking's not so much an option anymore for us. It's not happening. I am still running outside, which feels great actually in the cold, but got to modify the the routines again. Yeah. Uh, But that's really... That's life. A life yeah, a <laughs> lifelong process yeah. of figuring out what's right for this specific season. And then when things change, going back to the drawing board, saying, what should I keep? What should I reconsider? What changes do I got to make? Yeah. And exercise, uh, that can be hard for a lot of people. I know for me, it's hard to have a regular routine of that. But it doesn't have to be complicated either, or it doesn't have to take a lot of time. There's seven-minute workouts out there that you can find that are really, really effective. The goal is really just to move your body and to strengthen because especially for women, you actually lose bone strength as you age, but resistance training actually eliminates that risk of losing your bone strength. Nice. So even just like those seven-minute body weight-only exercises – That'll do the job. And your goal doesn't have to be run a marathon, lift a certain amount of weight, whatever. There are benefits that come from the physical exercise beyond the physical exercise Yes, itself. mental health. Exactly. Yes. So if you're thinking to yourself, well, I really don't care about my body at all, but you still have to be on the ball because you're a teacher or even just yeah. at home as a, a parent, you got to mentally be sharp. 
mm-hmm. then exercise will help you do that too. Yes, and it it shoots all those good hormones through your body too. Yep. It actually uh, suppresses cortisol and all the negative things that we don't want an abundance of in our body. Yeah, exactly. Lots more detail Happy on hormones. all those <laughs> all those chemicals in the brainwash episode, which we'll link to in the show notes if people want to check it out. Yeah. The next crucial element to a greenhouse is water or humidity, which we liken to communication. Oh yes. my goodness, communication is such a big <laughs> topic. You know, I I just was thinking just now about this uh, because we picked communication for this and I'm thinking of the Bible verse that talks about washing your spouse with the water of the word. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's a cool analogy, even if you don't consider yourself to be a spiritual person, that communication really is, Ed Cole says, it's the basis of life. It's the thing as it pertains to water. Like you can go a long time without food a couple of weeks, but you can't go very long without water. And any sort of relationship, any sort of family, you're not going to be able to go very long without communication. Yeah. And this can be really tricky right now. Again, going back to how we have, we're in this weird phase of life right now. We're in the lockdown 2020 time. Yep. <laughs> and this has been really hard for people that are shut in, elderly people, because they don't have that personal touch, that communication as much as before. And it is so, so important, just like water is to our body, so is communication to us. We were meant for relationship as human beings. Yes. So, and in communication, it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. So the water and the sunlight really do correlate. Yep. Because having the right attitude will help good things come out of our mouth too. Yeah, this is a... a self-perpetuating cycle here. Yes, definitely. It's kind of like which came first, the chicken or the egg, (laughs) because they keep each other going. Mm -hmm. And there's more to this too. I mean, like the thoughts that you think influence the words that you say, influences the things that you do, you know, influences the beliefs that you hold in your, not just your head, but also your heart, which again, like influences the thoughts that... (laughs) Yeah, So it's a cycle. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But it's also the kind of thing that if you're not intentional about it, you can slip into a negative cycle just by default. And so that's really the whole idea behind the whole podcast. In this particular episode, Building the Greenhouse is pumping the brakes and saying, no, I want to go that way instead (laughs) and leveraging all this stuff in a positive way. Because it's like a flywheel then where you can create the outcomes and the your ideal scenario. You know, you can you can create the relationship that you've always wanted with your spouse. You can create the family environment that you've always wanted, but it's not gonna happen without some effort and some focused direction being applied to it. Yes, and that's why I really really like the picture of a greenhouse because within it, it is this perfect environment for growth Mm -hmm. and it requires sunlight, nutrients, and water. And that is so much our life. Our life requires having a positive attitude, having discipline, having communication. These are so, so important and we can create this. Maybe... Life is chaotic right now. Maybe you don't have 
anywhere close to the atmosphere in your greenhouse that you want. Well, if it's a cycle, making one positive change will affect everything else. Even if it seems like the smallest change. Let's say you add a salad for one meal a day, like Mike is. (laughs) That one positive change it starts to change your mindset and it starts it to affect other decisions. Mm-hmm. Just some doing, I'm going to go for a walk around the block every day or, you know, it just really, really simple changes. I'm going to make sure to sit down with my children and do something with them each day. You know, at night, I'm going to make sure that I'm not trying to do other things and I'm actually sitting with my spouse when I'm trying to wind down before bed and actually having a conversation, you know, mm-hmm. instead of, getting so tired falling into the couch and just being exhausted. Well, we can all we can both relax, but we can be talking too. Yeah, and there's lots of different things that you can do to design your environment to support that. Talking about the exercise and the movement thing. I mean, I've been running and biking a lot, but recently I started doing it with somebody from church. Mm-hmm. And so now there is social accountability that on Saturday mornings, we're going to go for a run. <laughs> and he, I mean, you enjoy it. He enjoys it. Yes, so exactly. You're affecting another person, which is really neat. Yeah, but it requires you to get your eyes off of your own problems and look at, you know, how you can possibly help other people. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the, we talked at the beginning, the, the goal of the greenhouse is to keep out the pollutants and the harsh conditions. Uh, and you were just talking about how you find yourself in a spot where like your greenhouse is run down and there's all this stuff in there that you want to, you want to clean it up. Right. So where do you start with that? (laughs) And I get this picture of like the glass house on the side of a building and the glass is all smashed. It's been neglected and maybe there's some stuff growing there, but there's like a whole bunch of weeds you know, and just looking at it, it can be a little bit intimidating. Uh, I guess the place that I would recommend people start is just start pulling some of the weeds. Yeah. Start identifying some of the most obvious negative parts of it and removing those. Yep. So going, not to harp on this, but really it's very, very important and it impacts us more than we know. One small change. Delete all social media off our phones. (laughs) Now, that might seem like really scary to you. If it seems scary, that probably is an indicator that it should be done. Yeah. (laughs) I've Uh, done this many times before. Currently, I have nothing on my phone except for one because we stream our church services through a certain application. So I have that on there so I can interact with other people that are streaming. Other than that, it's all deleted off my phone. And the first time I did this... My daughter was, I think, four months old. No, three months old, actually. I wanted to read more books, and I cut off all social media, not just off my phone, but I didn't even go to it. Mm-hmm. And I read 24 books that year with five children. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a good example of something that you don't even realize it, but ultimately what it's doing is it is stealing your life. And that's what weeds do. They steal the they nutrients, steal, yep. and they steal, they steal the, life. the water. They steal steal the sunlight they steal all three parts yeah exactly so you can have the the greenhouse intact you know and you are limiting the negative impacts of the outside influences but if there are still weeds in the garden it's still stealing your life and social media it, it 
that's an interesting one because it it has so many different vectors into the outcomes of the greenhouse. Uh, but ultimately, what it does in this this scenario where we're viewing it as a weed is like stealing life from you. Um, it's giving other people who you have not explicitly granted, at most of us anyways, you know, you just friend the people who friend request you and you have a whole bunch of people that are really acquaintances that are defined as friends and you go into Facebook and you see a whole bunch of stuff on your your feed that really isn't edifying to you. You know, and this kind of gets into something you had further on down the outline, but Jim Rohn talked about identifying those influences. You know, who are the people that you're allowing to speak into your life and what effect are they having and is that okay? Yeah. You know, you don't have to just maintain a presence there. If it's negatively impacting you, if it's affecting your greenhouse, then be willing to pull those weeds and disconnect from it. Yeah, that's a big part of it is if you find that it's a little overwhelming to determine where to start. Another area to start is who do I let speak into my life? And that doesn't necessarily just mean people personally in your life. It's what are you listening to? What are you feeding on? Yeah. What are you watching? What TV shows? What movies? What podcasts? I don't know, like all of it. Mm -hmm. What is adding to your life? Because the day that we live in, there's not a lot of wiggle room just to <laughs> let junk in yeah. and have mindless entertainment. I'm sorry, but the hour is much too late. The world is too chaotic for that, in my opinion. There's also too much, There's too much information in the world uh, to try and keep up with everything, which is, I think, the root of a lot of this stuff, especially the endless feeds, is like, I want to make sure... don't want to miss out. Yeah, I want to be aware of what's going on. But the amount of information, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I've looked them up before. It's staggering how it has exponentially grown since the internet became widely accepted. But our habits in terms of collecting this information for ourselves, you know, haven't, uh, haven't progressed to the point where we can deal with it well. Well, and what benefit to the world is the supposed large amounts of information that we take in. Yep. And yep. isn't our attitude in us being focused on how we can help the world, isn't that better and greater and more important? Yes, exactly. So, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out, 20 years ago, you're reading the entire newspaper. Yeah. FOMO now, you're oh, checking gosh, you can't, Facebook, no, Twitter, No, there's no way Instagram. you can reach the end of even one of them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the algorithm is designed to keep you there. <laughs> <laughs> to keep you addicted. Yeah. So if you're going into that battle without even recognizing that it's a battle, you're going to lose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. Uh, there's an inverse to that, by the way, which hadn't really intended on going here, but... Uh, the fear of missing out, the opposite of that would be the joy of missing out. Yes, I Jomo. love missing out. <laughs> it's great. You know, this hit me recently. Actually, it wasn't super recently, but I had posted a picture on Instagram that my family went somewhere and I was like, oh, this is cute. I'll just put it on there. And I saw someone days later and they said, wow. And they're they kind of asking me about it. And I stopped and I was just staring at them how did you know about that? And then I realized, oh, I posted that. <laughs> and I didn't like that. Yeah. It's not, it wasn't the person at all. Like I would have shared them with them that experience personally, but 
I didn't like the fact that I did something with my family and someone just came up and started talking to me about it. But I did that. The lines had been been blurred between my online life over here where I'm sharing this stuff and this person that I know in real life. And they were referring to one box and you were like, wait, that doesn't even make any sense because we're interacting in this other box. Yes, it was really interesting. And then also another experience I had that I really didn't like, and that's why I'm in the camp of the joy of missing out, is a a friend of mine who I've been, she's been in my life for a long time and, you know, she's gone through stuff and, you know, I've always tried to be there for her and everything. Well... I make sure to reach out to her personally consistently because I do not like hearing about stuff for the first time on social media, especially secondhand. Oh, did you know this person is going through this right now? (laughs) No, I didn't because they didn't tell me. I really do not like that. Yeah. And that's, uh, man, that's a whole nother, whole nother can of worms, um, but there's a shifting of the rules of engagement that needs to happen there when you are coming at this as like, I want to hear from you yes. directly about things that are going on in your life so that I can be of assistance to you. And that's not natural for a lot of people. Their idea of asking for help is posting something on social media. Or coping or whatever yeah. is I'm going to... F- post this thing that I'm going through for everyone to see. I don't know if you're looking for sympathy or what, but it's better to surround yourself with the right people and the right friends so that they can actually help you. Yeah. Now, this is an an interesting balance here, though, because you've got to go to where people are to pull them out of that, right? So you can say, well, I understand social media doesn't really add a whole lot to my life, and I'm going to cut this out. But if the people that you're trying to help, like that's where they are living right now, then at some point you have to go there and get them to shift their focus a little bit. And at the same time, you have to be worried about yourself and your greenhouse and making sure that you're not letting in the junk, right? So that's that can be a little bit tricky, uh, but I think it's important here to recognize what we've talked about on previous episodes about like when you fly on an airplane, putting your own oxygen mask on first. Yes. No, and that's so. no, and that's true. And uh, honestly, keeping out of social media and news feeds and stuff has actually helped me to fine tune my own greenhouse. Yep. First of all, second of all, it has helped me identify those relationships where I need to sow into. Yep. And be there for them. And I make the effort to communicate that with them in the way that I want to be communicated to. So the golden rule of treat others the way you want to be treated. Communicate with others the way you want to be communicated to. So <laughs> yeah. if I don't want to be communicated to on social media, then I'm not going to be sending messages and being active on that because yeah, I don't gonna, want people responding to me in that way. You're going to shift the expectations and you're going to reach out via text message and have a conversation there, even though they maybe would have started it via Facebook Messenger or or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the more I think about this analogy of the greenhouse, I get this picture of like a sanctuary or a refuge. Yeah, definitely. Perfect environment. Yep. (laughs) This is where you go to get recharged. Mm -hmm. And then once you have what you need, then you are able to give to other people. But without recharging, 
and without taking care of yourself, the the little nutrients, the little uh, sunlight, the little water that you have can quickly be sucked dry. Yes. You know, so yep. it's this constant balance of going to the greenhouse and then going back out into the the mission field and getting people to come with you into the greenhouse. <laughs> yeah. And then ideally, you know, once they get there, they disconnect from the the negative stuff. They start feeding on the right stuff. They start communicating effectively in a positive way. Then they start to put down their roots and they start to grow themselves. And then you can go after somebody else. Yeah. So if we get busy pulling our weeds and fix making the fixes that we need to, then we can really start controlling our environment again and creating that perfect atmosphere in our greenhouse, in our life. And with controlling the environment, you know, this is not making sure that nothing bad ever happens, uh, but it is instead controlling what you can control and fixing things when you recognize that there is a problem. That's really the the thing we've tried to do and is kind of a common theme that pops up over and over and over again in this podcast is like you identify the systems in your life, you see the outputs that they're producing and you make adjustments as needed in order to produce better results. So when it comes to the environment, you can say, oh, well, there's this weed that's sucking life out of me. Just pull the weed. Don't be upset that the weed is there. And this is morally wrong. How dare this weed be in my garden? (laughs) You know, just deal with it and move on. That weed could be too much sugar intake. Well, I'll just cut out sugar. Cut out my nightly sugar snack that I do. But as we're building ourselves, it's so incredibly powerful because then we're pulling up others around us instead of bringing them down. So at home, we can cultivate the sunlight, having a positive attitude. Yep. We can be disciplined and be putting good nutrients in our life. We can be watering our plants, monitoring the growth and communicating clearly. And the more you do that at home, the healthier the plants become. And then when the storm comes and breaks the glass and debris gets in there, you know, the plants are unaffected. Yeah, the plants are strong. The roots go deep. Yep, exactly. It can be fixed. All those things can be fixed. And the more we communicate, the better we become, right? Yes. Isn't that so true? It's like yeah. a, it's like an art. I would say to anybody listening to this, you know, the, the single action item to walk away from for most people is going to be ask yourself honestly where things are at in your marriage or your important relationships. Yeah. And if they're not where you want them to be, then the root cause of that is probably a lack of communication. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> and it's not the other person's fault. <laughs> it takes two to communicate. Yeah, so it's this not a is, monologue. This is the key thing here. It doesn't matter if you are the husband, if you are the wife, if you're the one who talks all the time or the one that never talks, it is still your fault <laughs> that there is no <laughs> communication. And you cannot assume that, well, as soon as the other person gets their stuff together, then things are going to be fine. Huh. It Every single time that I have assumed responsibility and asked, you know, how do I make this better? That's when the positive change Right. Has I come. can't affect your behavior. I can affect my behavior. Yes. Well, it just so happens that when I cause my own behavior to be more positive, it positively affects <laughs> the environment and people around me. It's true. It's true. I think Ed Cole is the one who said that 
love is the desire to benefit the other at the expense of self, have an impact on other people, whereas lust is the desire to benefit self at the expense of others. You're taking. When you are saying, well, it's the other person's fault, they need to improve their communication, that is a spirit of lust. And when you say, you know what, I don't care whose fault this is, I'm going to take responsibility for it, and I'm going to be a part of the solution and do my part to communicate, Mm -hmm. then that is a spirit of love. It's like a gardener saying, oh, that sunlight's too harsh, or this just isn't working. No, the one that wants to actually be proactive is the gardener that's like, I'm going to pull up that weed. I'm going to fix that little crack in the glass. I'm going to make sure there's enough water. There's not quite enough water. This soil needs to be a little bit more moist. Yep. They are proactive about fixing it, fixing the problem themselves, not looking for someone or something to blame. Exactly. So be proactive, figure out what you can do to mend the greenhouse in your own life. Yep. Consider what you're listening to, what you're watching, who are, do you like the people that are closest to you? Are they the the people that are supposed to be closest to you? Yeah. And it's just really, really important. What's that quote about if you're the smartest person in your group, change your group? Yep, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Another version of that is you are the sum of the five people that you're closest to. Yep. So... Who are you closest to? Yeah, exactly. Do you want to be the sum of that? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it could be that you're like, well, I don't have any natural relationships that I'm even super close with. Well, then the sum of your closest five could be what you listen to or watch. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people in my life who I am close to now who started off as just voices in my podcast player. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's really important that we take a look at it. Take the look look at the state of our greenhouse. Yep. So do you recognize some parts of your greenhouse that need tending to? What's growing in there? We can choose to have a positive attitude, be disciplined, open lines of communication, surround ourselves with the right people, and keep out pollutants. And the great news is that we can create the type of greenhouse that will help us grow and be the family that's intentionally living out our values and reaching our potential. With that, we want to thank you so much for listening to the Intentional Family Podcast. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally. Intentionally.